Well, we love new friends here at the Big Sky Breakdown, and we have a new presenting sponsor, spearheading our new expansion, Vandals Weekly, but also as a part of the Big Sky Breakdown as a whole, Old Works Golf Course in Anaconda. It's an iconic place, a Jack Nicholas course. If you've never been there, you've never seen it, you got to look up pictures and you got to go check it out. The sand traps, which are prevalent and very challenging, they are all over the place and they're filled with black sand. It is an unbelievable visual spectacle to see. And that plus the elements and the way that it's carved into the mountainside there, it makes it an incredibly challenging course. For all you Bobcat and Grizzly people, if you're in Missoula, in Bozeman, in western Montana, in southwestern Montana, it's a perfect center point right in the middle of everything. And the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey is now open all winter long. Expert swing and mental coaching for you all off-season. They also have custom club fitting, multiple state-of-the-art trackman simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works to schedule your winter session, 406 563 5989. That's 406 563 5989. Old Works and their awesome PGA Improvement Center. The perfect spot for any golfer all winter long. Well, Vandals Weekly back for another week, and we are into November. How exciting is this? We got a three way tie atop the Big Sky Conference after Idaho took down Montana State 24 21. It's our Vandals Weekly here on the Big Sky Breakdown. And to switch it up a little bit, Coach Eck, Jason Eck, has been uh, kind enough to join us each week, but uh, we wanted to get a little insight from Idaho's coordinators. So now we're joined by offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Luke Schleisner. Coach Schleisner, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on the show. Of course, man. Thanks so much for uh, for being here. First of all, just just tell me about the, your reaction, uh, your satisfaction, your emotions, all that coming out of last week's huge win over the number two team in the country. Yeah, you know, uh, our players put in a ton of work, and I'm just really excited to see that work uh, come through and able to pull out a close victory. You know, uh, you know, we had a bad taste in our mouth after the Montana game. You know, so we had I had a bye week to get right and uh, really work on some things, clean some things up, and uh, the guys came out and played a great game against Montana State. And you know, we probably should have built a bigger lead in the first half, but it didn't happen, and uh, you know, made it a close game in the end. And uh, you know, the guys did enough to, to come through and get the W. Well, one of my favorite parts about covering the FCS is that so much of the, the success overall is dictated by how you bounce back when you hit adversity, how you bounce back if you lose a game. You guys, such a tremendous bounce back after losing your first Big Sky game to Montana to then come back two weeks later and beat Montana State. So, I mean, you mentioned it. What, what was the week like? I, I know you had a bye as well. I mean, what was the two weeks like? sort of mentally readjusting and and uh, just sort of believing that everything else was still out in front of you? Yeah, you know, I think the bye week really focused on ourselves, so we did not, uh, you know, I think we did 10 minutes of Montana State work on Thursday during the bye week, and that was it, you know. So we just um, really focused on ourselves and playing our game and playing fast, um, and we really called it more as an improvement week for us more than a bye week. You know, we knew we had to improve, um, you know, so we kind of went back to, to square one with some fundamental things. And then it was big for us. We had played a, a really tough schedule and a physical schedule to that point. Uh, so I think the timing was right for us to get a bye and, and get a little healthier. 
And then you have the great performance against Montana State. I want to ask you about multiple elements of it, but first got to talk about your quarterback. I've been just so impressed with this guy. Javon McCoy is awesome. He's so tough, and he's such a gamer. So, I mean, what's it like working with a guy like that on a daily basis? Yeah, you know, Javon, he's unflappable, and, uh, you know, he's very humble, uh, very coachable, comes to practice every day with a great attitude, you know, ready to work, ready to learn. Uh, so he's just a joy to coach and he's easy to coach. You know, he's a, a yes coach, no coach kind of guy and, um, you know, is able to take the things that we talk about and um, make it happen on the field. And obviously a great playmaker and, and a tough player. You know, he's not very big, but he's tough. You know, we, we ran him in some crit- uh, critical situations against Montana State. That I think caught them a little bit off guard, but he's a good runner. You know, he's gotten, he's still not very big, but he's bigger than he was last year. And, you know, he's a good open field runner. So that was something that we thought we could take advantage of as well. And and then just his accuracy. Um, you know, we talk about uh, cover does not mean incomplete. And, uh, you know, he showed that on, on the last uh, throw of the game. Well, it seems like, I mean, he talked to me last year about this, just about um, coming out of high school, being pretty overlooked, you know, not, not a lot of opportunities and, and how much that sort of, drove him forward, but it seems like guys like that that maybe uh, are overlooked do have a kind of chip on their shoulder. It seems like those guys kind of are the coachable ones, the ones that are driven, the ones that are tough. So, I mean, do you see that in him? How much do you think just his background and, and sort of his uh, high school career influenced just the, the player he is now? Yeah, you know, I didn't know much about his background and with recruiting. I just knew that, you know, when, we, when I got here, we had seven quarterbacks. Right. And he was like fourth or fifth kind of in the pecking order going to spring ball um you know so he's just a resilient guy you know not afraid of competition and you know uh just comes out and improves every day and you know has proven that he uh you know first he proved he belonged to be the starter and now he's proving that he's one of the best quarterbacks in all fcs i also want to ask you about your offensive line because i know that uh, they're they're a young group and i know you had some guys get banged up uh, a couple weeks ago but um, I mean, the, the first drive of the Montana State game, Montana State's defensive line, you know, I mean, they're one of the best in the country, and, and they looked exactly like that. But then you made all sorts of adjustments and, and really mitigated the pressure. Uh, how much of that is on the offensive line? What have you just thought of the development of that group in general? Yeah, you know, we've had to shuffle some things, and uh, Leighton Vining, um, you know, was pressed into duty in the Montana game because of injuries and, you know, played most of the second half. And then he uh, started and played the game against Montana State. So we got a true freshman center. Uh, you know, but our guys are, they're not very experienced, but they're, uh, they battle, uh, they compete, you know, the, the first play of the game was really a coverage sack and, and Giovanni probably should have just scrambled. And then, you know, the second play, it just, you know, they got some good push and we were in an empty formation. So it was a tough look for the old line, you know, so we adjusted the play calling a little bit too. And then they stepped up, um, you know, and, and provided Giovanni the time that he needed to, to make the throws. So, uh, it's a unit that just, you know, that's that's one of the groups that we just have to continue to improve. And uh, we're so young up front on the O-line that just every game that goes by, we bank more experience and uh, the guys are better for it. Well, you mentioned the, the last throw that Javonia McCoy made and, and what a throw it was. I mean, just take me through that play. I mean, the courage to throw it, but also the hands to catch it. I mean, that was, uh, that was one of the highlights of the year. Yeah, you know, it, it was a great play between those two and um, – you know, it's a play I've seen Giovanni make before in practice. You know, like I said, we've talked about before that uh, covered does not mean incomplete. And, you know, Giovanni, they were in like a, a two-man type of situation. And, you know, Giovanni just saw that he could beat the safety uh, there and made a great, 
uh, back shoulder throw, um, you know, gave Hayden a chance to make a play and he made it. So, you know, great throw location and, and Hayden did a good job winning on the route and, you know, putting the corner in a tough position where he couldn't react. So, um, you know, just excited that the that the guys were able to execute that play and obviously critical time, uh, you know, third and 10, a, a tough situation we were in. You know, as a coach, there's not a ton of great play calls for that third and 10 on the 12-yard line. So uh, those guys made me look good. <laughs> Definitely. And, I mean, I got to ask you about Hayden Hatton, too. I mean, the kid just I – mean, just, I, I guess he's not even a kid now. He's a man. But he, he oozes confidence, man. It's fun having him on the show. It's fun uh, just watching him perform. He's – it just seems like that that confidence is infectious. So I mean, how much do you think just his mentality and uh, and also his maturity just helps you guys offensively? Yeah, you know he's he's a mainstay and he's he's an elite conditioned athlete too. I mean that's one thing that kind of gets overlooked is you know I think he played seventy three out of the seventy four plays the other day. Wow. Um, he basically plays the whole game for us. You know, like rarely if ever comes off the field. Um, you know, so Hayden's an elite conditioned athlete and he's a very confident guy. Um, you know, so he's just, he's not afraid of the moment. He wants the ball, uh, when we get in those big situations and, you know, he's came through time and again for us. So it's, it's nice having that, you know, security blanket for Giovanni, um, you know, knowing that at a time of crisis, like Hatton's going to be out there and he's going to be going hard. Luke Schleisner, the offensive coordinator at University of Idaho, joining us here on Vandals Weekly. I want to ask you, coach, just about some of your offensive philosophies. First of all, I love the stuff you guys are doing offensively. I think it's uh, fascinating and cool to have an offense that can run the ball effectively and control the clock and also have such explosive abilities. So, I mean, all of those factors, where did those come from? How are you guys able to manufacture those? And just what sort of your offensive background, what sort of things have influenced you to this point in your career? Yeah, you know, I, I've, had a, I've had the opportunity to work for many great offensive coaches and kind of, you know, learn from the ground up. And, you know, I'm in my 22nd year, so I'd like to think that brings a little bit of wisdom. Um but, you know, Coach Eck and I really designed this offense together when we were at South Dakota State mm-hmm. and, you know, brought it here. And, um, you know, I think the the thing that we do is try and really make sure that we marry things up where, you know, plays will look the same. You know, you know, we'll have formations and we'll have runs, passes, play actions out of the same look, same motion. You know, so we try and keep the defense on their toes that way. And then, you know, my big philosophy is I'm going to attack, you know, so whether it's horizontally, vertically, uh, running the ball, throwing the ball, you know, we're going to be aggressive, you know, so um, we're going to look to put pressure on the defense and then, you know, um, we'll call a lot of deep shots. And if they're staying over the top, the quarterback knows he just needs to make his reads and get to the, you know, the intermediate or short throw. And, you know, these last couple of weeks, teams have been doing a great job of, of, you know, not giving us the big play. I think Montana and Montana State were both very cognizant of, you know, not letting our receivers get behind them. Um, but it's a testament to our guys that, you know, we search out those big plays because it's hard to go on long, sustained drives. Uh, so that's why we really search out the big plays. But uh, credit to our guys against Montana State. I think we had four plays of 10-plus drives. Uh, you know, every scoring drive was at least 10 plays. So, you know, that tells me that the guys are executing, you know, in order to stay on the field that many plays and not make a mistake. I mean, that was certainly the key. I mean, I thought that, that opening 19-play drive you guys had, I know you had to settle for a field goal on that one, but, I mean, I thought that was so key in that one, just setting the tone and, and uh, sort of establishing uh, just the possession game and, and all that for you guys on Saturday. 
Yeah, you know, we, like I said, we strive to be balanced. And, you know, the Montana game was kind of an anomaly because we fell down uh, 20 to zero right away. So it really took us out of our game plan. Um, but luckily, our defense played unbelievably against uh, Montana State and really shut them down early. You know, so that allowed us to kind of, you know, the old stay on schedule and, you know, make them defend everything. So we were able to, uh, you know, uh, mix it up between run, pass, play action, and, and kind of keep Montana State, uh, you know, keep them on their toes. And, and then obviously I think it helped to wear them down a little bit with just how much we were on the field. Well, I know your quarterback has won a national award already, and, and Hayden Hatton's already been an All-American. Jermaine Jackson's, a, you know, sort of a, a, a household name in the Big Sky Conference. But to me it seems like the, the run game is what keys it all. So, I mean, just tell me about your running backs. I think Anthony Woods is definitely one of the best in the league, but having Nick Romano there is – pretty impressive as well i mean how key are those guys to what you guys do yeah you know those guys are a great one-two punch and you know the best thing about them is that they're complete football players so i don't really worry like you know if anthony's in the game we have our whole game plan at our disposal if nick's in the game we have the whole game plan at our disposal so i don't have to worry about like you know this guy is not very good in pass protection or this guy is more of a between the tackles runner you know they can do everything and um you know, they both, you know, they're not the biggest guys, but they both run extremely physical as well. You know, I think Anthony, um, he's up to, I don't know what he has, 12, 13 touchdowns, something like that. You know, so he's a great uh, short yardage back as well, which you wouldn't think at 185 pounds. But, you know, Anthony's really physical. And when he smells the uh, the red, the end zone, you know, he's extremely difficult to stop. So um, it's just been great to coach those guys and to, uh, you know, really establish our running game this year. Well, last couple of things for you then. Uh, coming down the stretch, I know you guys are focused on taking it one game at a time, but what, I mean, what do you think of this opportunity you guys have entering the month of November uh, in a three-way tie for first place? Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to be in first. You know, after the Montana game, we kind of took things out of our own hands or out of our own, uh, you know, to control our own destiny. Uh, but we're able to bounce back and get that win over MSU. So now we're right back where, you know, we don't have to scoreboard watch we just have to take care of our own business. So uh, the guys know, I mean, they're focused, and, and the whole focus is just getting this win over Northern Colorado and going 1-0. and oh. So guys are working hard, and, and, and we're excited for the opportunities that lay ahead of us. Well, Northern Colorado, a wild team to me because, you know, I watched them against Weber, and they had them on the ropes, and, and then they, they let it slip away, and, uh, you know, they went toe-to-toe with sack for most of the first three quarters as well. I know, I know they had sort of a, a hard time in Missoula this last week, but I mean, Ed Lamb's a defensive coach and he's always had great defensive teams. So uh, what do you see when you look at the Bears defense and what do you think your guys' challenge this week against UNC? Yeah, you know, they have our attention. They're they're big uh, up front, so they have some size. Um, They're very multiple with their defense. So, you know, they're going to make it tough on us as far as, you know, they really change up their looks and, um, you know, make it so, you know, every game you're going to have to be good with uh, in-game adjustments. So, um, we'll see what they have in store for us, but I know they're, uh, you know, even in the Montana game, you know, it was it was 7-0 late in the second quarter, um, and I believe just 14 nothing at halftime. So they were, you know, they didn't they didn't get blown out right away, um, you know, and they and they played really good defense. I think the first five drives Montana did not score, um, so we know it's going to be a challenge for us offensively, and um, you know, we just got to go out there and execute and. Um, Take it one play at a time. Luke Schleisner, the offensive coordinator at University of Idaho here on Vandals Weekly. Coach, appreciate the time, man. Thanks for being here, and uh, good luck this week. Good luck the rest of the season. We'll catch up down the road. Okay, appreciate it.
Are you and your family ready to embark on a real estate journey? From finding your first home to tackling complex land acquisition, look no further. The exceptional team at Array Real Estate is here to guide you towards success. At Array Real Estate, the team isn't just your typical real estate professionals. They're your realtors for life, committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Array Real Estate's roots run deep in the heart of the Pacific Northwest as proud alumni of the University of Idaho. The team shares your excitement for the Vandals' return to the Big Sky Conference, and they're thrilled to support it as a presenting sponsor of Vandals Weekly, featured proudly each week in the Big Sky Breakdown podcast series by Skyline Sports. With offices in both Coeur d'Alene and Seattle, Array Real Estate's team is here to create an admirably memorable real estate state experience. Array is dedicated to delivering tremendous value in every transaction because your success is their top priority. Whether you're looking for residential properties, land acquisition, or commercial real estate solutions, Array Real Estate has you covered. They'll take care of all your real estate needs, making your dreams a reality. Ready to take the first step? Discover how Array Real Estate can help you by visiting their website, ArrayRealEstate.com. You can also join their vibrant community on Instagram at ArrayRE to stay connected with the latest updates and opportunities. Array Real Estate, your trusted partners in real estate and proud sponsors of Vandals Weekly at SkylineSportsMT.com. Let Array Real Estate help you with your real estate goals. Contact them today at ArrayRealEstate.com. Vandals Weekly rolls on here on a the Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Happy to have uh, a new presenting sponsor here at Vandals Weekly, Array Real Estate. They got an office in Coeur d'Alene, an office in Seattle, but they can help you with real estate needs all across the Northwest. Appreciate uh, Sheldon and his team. They're very proud Vandals and uh, happy to be presenting sponsor of Vandals Weekly. Here we're joined now by defensive coordinator at the University of Idaho, Rob Orich. Coach, thanks for mu- so much for being here, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing well. Getting these boys prepped for UNC this week and um, trying to keep them humble after a big win last week. Well, that's the one of the best parts about covering college football to me is the highs and the lows and following all of it. And, you know, like I was just talking to Coach Slicer about Sometimes, I mean, oftentimes in the FCS, it's about how you bounce back after you lose or after something hard happens to you. But it's also about how do you react and handle big-time success. You guys are coming off a win over the number two team in the in the country. So I know you got a mature group, but I mean, what have you thought of just the, the way that they've handled it? And as a coach, how do you go about that, just sort of mitigating, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the highs that can come from a big-time win like yeah, we've gotten to know this group pretty well over the last year and a half, two years. And we certainly play better when we focus on what the Vandals are doing. Yes. And uh, a nameless, almost faceless opponent um, has really served us um, as, a, as a better attack than focusing on really on who we're playing or their ranking or what they've done here uh, earlier in the season. And so I, I do believe we are a group that plays better when we're really focused on what we're doing from a technique and, and schematic perspective rather than who we're playing. Yeah, it's totally uh, makes sense. I think it's such a great way to, to go about it. Uh, just tell me about your defensive performance on, on Saturday. I mean, Montana State has rolled it up on everybody. I mean, they have one of the most prolific offenses I've ever covered in my 17 years uh, covering the big sky. And I know part of it was just taking the ball out of their hands, but you guys helped take the ball out of their hands with three and outs three straight times in that first half. So, I mean, what did you think of the preparation going in? How were you guys able to execute the plan so efficiently, especially in those first two quarters? Well, one th- I'll give our guys a lot of credit. They strained. Uh, they strained through that week, both with their prep and how they went about practicing. They were physical all week during practice, and that was the challenge to them. Um, you know, we, we set the goal at 200 yards. If you hold this team under 200 yards rushing, which seems like a ridiculous number, but they were, <laughs> right. they were averaging 325 coming into the game. 
And so we thought if we could mitigate their run game by, by 33%, we'd have an opportunity to win the game. Now, our boys went out there and exceeded ex- expectation, held them to 128. Um, but as we go through that tape and really analyze it with a with – a, uh, you know, with a fine-tooth comb, you know, we, we really felt like we could have held them lower. And so we didn't execute the way we planned in that third quarter. Um, and we, we kind of look at that tape like, hey, the second half of Montana and that first half of Montana State, when we're dialed in executing uh, what we need to, man, we got a chance to be the best defense in the country. When you're analyzing the, the film and the numbers and stuff, I mean, you know, you just made me laugh out loud talking about, Oh, we we just want to hold them to 200 yards rushing. I mean, they've sort of defied what you'd and analyze as you know statistical production in the run game. And part of that's just how much they run it, and the fact they got two quarterbacks that can run it and all that. But yeah. I mean, how do you sort of wrap your mind around that? And then when you really reflect on, I mean, 128 yards. I mean, you're talking about holding these guys to 100 and something yards less than any other team had, and holding them to like less than half of their season average. So I mean, how did you go about sort of uh, rationalizing that in your mind when you were making the plan? You know, when we were putting together the plan, and, and I'm a Midwest guy. I don't know if you remember those old Nebraska teams. Yeah, you're right. Back in that yep. you know, it was a lot like we were almost defending like like triple option or single wing. And so you have to go into it for that perspective that we have to force them to beat us any other way than through their core run game. And so we dedicated um, hats to the box. But one thing I'll give our guys a ton of credit. Um, I thought we tackled um, yeah. the half a year, um, specifically at the safety position. Um, Tommy McCormick, Kyron Beecham, um, those guys played their tails off for us. And we saw some plays that had potential to be big plays um, that they, they were able to knock down. It seems to me, too, that in this league, in the Big Sky Conference, because you have so many different variable types of offensive attacks, it seems like having safeties that can be super versatile can unlock so much stuff for you. And I totally agree. I thought both McCormick and Beecham played awesome. So having safeties with versatility, how much does that help you as a, a game planner and a play caller defensively? Yeah, we. it's almost like the back five talking about the Sam, Mike, and Will and the free safety and the bullet. All five of those guys um, have to be able to run, have to be able to tackle, and have to be able to cover. Yeah. Uh, because with the amount of different offenses we see there, each of those positions is going to be put into a bunch of different pictures throughout the game. And so we've really gone to the the, you know, the philosophy that, hey, if this kid can't run and tackle – he, he probably can't play for the Vandals right now. And so we're prioritizing football savvy, football skills, tackling, but you got to be able to run for us. So as we put together our plan, um, we really think about getting our best players, our best tacklers in those situations where they're going to execute. So like this week, and this isn't a surprise, we have we have some packages where like Tommy McCormick's playing Will Linebacker because his skill set matches up with what that position is doing this week. So we're trying to take our best assets, our best tacklers, and put them in situations where they can, they can flourish on Saturday. It's fascinating because, I mean, you watch the NFL right now and, and scores are down all over the place. And like I'm always saying on my ESPN radio show, so much that the, the national media doesn't tell the narrative of how good defenses have gotten. And I think in the NFL, all the way down through the college ranks too, it's because so many of the great programs, so many of the great organizations have found guys like you're talking about, versatile guys that can run and tackle. And the speed is just crazy now. So, I mean, that, that's got to be part, partly a priority in recruiting, right? Yeah, you know, I, I believe we do a good job as anyone up here in this region evaluating high, uh, high school prospects coming out. And 
Um, we certainly measure everything about them from hand size to length to, but most importantly, we we want to know their speed and we want we want some data behind it. And I know the best players I've coached have gone on to play at the next level. Um, two things that they always have in common. One, they're high processors on the football field. And number two, they can usually turn them over pretty good. No doubt about it. Rob Orch joining us here on Vandals Weekly as part of the Big Sky Breakdown podcast series, SkylineSportsMT.com. Um, last couple things about last week, and then we'll get to, into what you guys got ahead of you. But um, – I know you're a little shorthanded too. I mean, the big D end uh, from the guy from Montana, Keyshawn James Newby, he was out. And, and so, I mean, it just seems like though that's also one of the keys to to making runs this this day and age in college football is just having guys ready to go. So, I mean, what have you thought of some of the guys that have stepped up in lieu of some of the guys you had out? And uh, I know you also had a whole bunch of freshmen playing as well. So, what do you think of some of the young guys that played against Montana State on Saturday? Yeah, I, I have been really impressed with this this true freshman class. Um, and we had we had three guys play really meaningful snaps in our front seven last week. Really, four guys. And so, uh, when when Keyshawn Newby, who's been our most productive pass rusher in our front seven, um, was ruled out for last week, um, we plugged in a true freshman kid from Quarter Lane, Idaho, uh, to replace him in our nickel packages. And uh, that was Zach Johnson, who came in had two pressures on the day. And if we haven't blown a uh, a third down coverage adjustment, he probably has a sack in a big moment. And um, uh, looking at the two inside linebacker spots, we're actually starting two true inside ba- or two true freshmen now, uh, Jackson Eck and Xre Alexander, and they are freshmen in title only. They are they are leaders and they are violent on contact. And so as we as we looked at how this season has kind of taken shape, but we've lost a few people along the way. You know, the fact that this freshman class has such a mature perspective to them and mature behavior has really helped us survive some of these um, these injury troubles we've had. I want to ask you just a little bit about your, your coaching influence. I was reading through your uh, your bio, and I, I actually didn't realize this until right before I called you guys. I actually watched you play your senior year at Minnesota Duluth. Do you remember when you guys played Central Washington in the non-conference? Yeah, we played out at their place. It was a tight game. Yeah. And, um, it was a day game. We ended up winning the game uh, in the third and fourth. But, yeah, I was uh, I was the Mike linebacker <laughs> on that team. Yeah, amazing. I, I was thinking back to that because I covered Central for two years. I lived in Ellensburg, Washington, and I covered when they came out to Duluth in 2009 because I remember they had their non-conference. They had two of the games before school even started, so they just took a bus and just didn't come home. <laughs> yep. Went all the way down to Texas, all the way up to Minnesota, and then all the way back to Ellensburg. That was a crazy trip to cover. But then I remember Duluth came back the next year and, and won, and then you guys went on to win the, the national championship. But that's when I first uh, crossed paths with Coach Nielsen, Bob Nielsen, and I've always had uh, great respect for what he's done, and, and he's obviously done a great job there at South Dakota as well. So uh, I'm sure that's one of your coaching influences. Just talk about him first, and then maybe who else has influenced you just in your coaching journey. Yeah, you know, Coach Nielsen uh, and I go way back. Obviously, he took over the team at Duluth when I was a I was a freshman, um, and we were coming off a four and six season. Uh, you know, I was a I ended up being redshirted my that year because I broke my wrist. I got really lucky, um, and then that very first year he took over, we won the national championship. We went fifteen and zero, and so it wasn't a too shabby three year run. We ended up going. <laughs> like 41 and two um, and winning two national titles. But one of those losses was to central Washington on our, our home field where they, they played their tail off that day. And so I've learned a ton about uh, from coaching us about how to go about my business. Um, and then the other 
the other coach that, that, that really sticks with me to this day was the D.C. Um, my first four years at Duluth was a gentleman named John Stanger. And he, he's had job opportunities at Division One all over all over the place, but his home is Duluth. And I don't know if there's a guy I, I've learned more from in my career than him. Um, really think of him. You know, you, you spend four years with a guy, he almost becomes like a big brother or a father. And so I, I, cherish, I cherish that relationship a lot. When it comes to just what's going on there in Moscow, I mean, it was, it was fun being there the last couple of weeks. You know, as I've said on my radio show and on this podcast too, I mean, what a great jolt of positivity. And just for the Moscow community after everything that went on there last year and all the, the horrors that were associated with that town, I just think it's awesome that there's something that the people can can get behind. And, and you guys deserve a ton of credit. you got a lot to be proud of when it comes to just reuniting the town. But, but just being a part of it and feeling the momentum and, and just being a part of just uh, sort of this reascension of Idaho football, what's that like? I, I, I got to give a lot of credit to this community. This is a this is a strong, this is a resilient community. And and my wife and I and our family have kind of stepped in here, and, and that was evident from the get-go, that there's strong foundational ties here and there's strong people in this community. So I'm not surprised how, how, how steady everyone was bouncing back from that tragedy. Um, number two is they love Vandal football, man. Oh, baby. They love Vandal football. And all throughout this state, I, I recruited the Treasure, Treasure Valley the last two years. Man, there's Vandals everywhere. And so um, I've been very, very proud and very, very uh, prideful in representing this university uh, the way we have. And we're going to hold ourselves to an extremely high standard. Uh, and I'll say this to Vandal Nation, you're going to get our best. Every week we're going to do our absolute best to have these boys ready. And we're a humble bunch of guys from the Midwest that probably grew up playing Division Two football. And you're going to get a hardworking group out of us. So go Vandal Nation, man. We're excited to be here. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, last couple of things for you then. I mean, what do you think of this opportunity you guys have in front of you now then? I mean, like you said, he kind of reascended into the driver's seat, but – uh, nothing is decided unless you finish the deal here. So uh, going into November in first place, I mean, what do you hope is the mentality of your unit and your team? One day at a time. One day at a time. Yesterday we had three misfits, an inside run at backer. Let's clean those up today and, and, and take it on from there. So we're keeping a real narrow focus, a real steady eye on us, and, and we're going we're gonna to attack it day by day. And last thing for you then, uh, Northern Colorado, an interesting case study, man. I've, I've watched five of their games, and they were in four of them. And I know last week they, they kind of got away from them when they had gave up a couple of defensive touchdowns in Missoula to Montana. But, uh, I mean, certainly it's cliche to say, but but they are a team that's that's better than their record. And I know that defensively they're pretty darn good as well. But on the other side, offensively, what do you see out of them? What do you think of the challenge with the Bears this week? Well, they have talent all over the field. They have two receivers that I think are, are, are all big sky level players. Now, they've had some issues getting them the ball on time at times because there's been some pass rush that's affected them. Um, but I think their skill um, is on par with the rest of the league. Uh, they have, they have uh, a couple quarterbacks that they've played, but Sermon's the guy they've really relied on. And we all know his story. He was a, he was a power five guy coming out. He's got a big arm. and He's got a knack for, for, for throwing the deep ball a little bit. I know that we have to be buttoned up with regards to their pass game. You know, we got we got to be tight. We got to match these routes. And number eighty and number twenty or number nineteen, your two receivers um, have the ability to take the top off the defense now. And so um, it's going to be a great challenge for our secondary. And I'm excited to see you know can our D line you know without Keyshawn number forty four. Um, go out there and dominate a game that, that maybe they should, but I know they're going to have a great plan for us, and we're going to do our best to have a great plan for them. 
Thank you. Coach, appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for taking it, and uh, best of luck with uh, this week and the rest of the year. My pleasure. Bees up. Old Works Golf Course is one of the most challenging tracks you will find anywhere in Montana, and that's why they host so many of the premier golf tournaments around the Treasure State. The 18-hole course measures at more than 7,700 yards, making it one of the longest courses in the Big Sky State. The Jack Nicholas design comes from one of the best players of all time and one of the world's leading course designs. Jack Nicholas has designed over 310 courses, including this gem located in Anaconda, Montana. Although right now, golf season is coming to a close, the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center, featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey, is now open all winter. Andrew can help you with expert swing and mental coaching, plus custom club fitting, and they have multiple state-of-the-art track band simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works 406-563-5989. And be sure to check out Jack's Grill while you're there. Jack's Grill is also open year-round. Old Works Golf Course a gem of the Treasure State located in Anaconda, Montana. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. Vandals Weekly rolls on. It's the newest podcast from Skyline Sports, part of the Big Sky Breakdown. You can always find us at SkylineSportsMT.com. Really enjoyed doing Vandals Weekly these last couple weeks. I guess it's been over a month now. Bringing you a look inside the Idaho Vandals football program as the Vandals rolled up the biggest win of Jason X tenure, 24-21 against Montana State in the Kibbe Dome on Saturday. Joining us now? Freshman offensive lineman Leighton Vining, who's a big part of that win over Montana State, a guy who hasn't been in the lineup for very long. Uh, Leighton played a little bit in the loss against Montana, came back and started against Montana State as Idaho's ball control offense dominated that game. So, Leighton, man, first off, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And I guess just what have the last couple weeks been like for you, breaking into the lineup, breaking into the starting lineup, playing against two top ten teams? It seems like that must have just been a whirlwind for you. It's it's uh, it's definitely been an experience, you know, um, getting thrown into the fire kind of quickly like that. But um, credit to, you know, some of my older teammates and my coaches. They've done a, a tremendous job at keeping me ready. Um, and really, it, it, it hasn't been – too crazy of a thing for me because there was many weeks uh, prior to the Montana game where, you know, I was kind of next up. So it was always like, I got to, I got to be ready. You know, anything can happen. So um, keeping that in mind throughout the season, it's kind of kept me in it, kept me prepared. And I just, you know, I just got, got in there and trusted my preparation. Tell us a little bit about your background. Where are you from? So I'm from Peoria, Arizona. I uh, played at Liberty high school. Um, we uh, we emerged kind of as a, a powerhouse in the last few few years down there in Arizona. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not really a stranger to to big games per se. But um, yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from Arizona. Um, you know, it's it's been quite an experience coming up to the Pacific Northwest and feeling the cold weather that's coming about. So, it's definitely been uh, exciting. No doubt. What was your connection to Idaho? I mean, who reached out to you from the staff? What was your recruiting process like? 
Coach Thomas Ford was the Arizona area recruiter uh, my senior year. Um, he actually first made contact the spring of my junior year. Um, they had just seen my film. I believe it was from actually a, a camp I attended that I was kind of spotted and put on the radar. And then he he had made a couple visits down to Arizona and visited me at school and basically told me um, they wanted to see a little bit more, invited me up to their summer camp. Um, so I came up to that uh, last summer, did a pretty good job, and I actually got offered at the camp uh, immediately following it. And then um, from there, it was just growing relationships with coaches, Coach Booth. Uh, me and him really hit it off early. He was a guy that I, you know, I, I could see myself playing for. So I ended up committing um, shortly after, about a month and a half after my first my offer from them. And uh, it's been all Idaho from there. And what was your first time in Idaho like? I guess if you were at camp there in the summer. I know it's gorgeous up there in the summer. What was your right. first exposure to the, to the winter weather like? It's been these really these past couple of weeks is really when it's gotten the coldest, and uh, you know it's been interesting. I've always you know taken visits to you know a snowy place where I'm only spending a couple of days, but having to adjust to living in it, um, it's been interesting. But you know summertime, like you said, was beautiful here, and when I had first come up, you know I loved the feel of the community, and you could kind of just feel it in the air how tight knit everybody was. So, Leighton Vining, a young offensive lineman for the Idaho Vandals. Joining us for Vandals Weekly, part of the Big Sky Breakdown here on Skyline Sports. And Leighton, let's walk it back to the last couple weeks. You mentioned you've been next up for, for most of the season. You knew that you had the potential to get a shot in there. But going in in that Montana game, just what was your first taste of college football actually being out on the field like? Um, it, it was definitely interesting. You know, um, I had had a couple games where you know, we were up big, and I might have got a series or two. But to play in that kind of caliber game against that caliber of a team, it was, there's definitely a big difference. And so um, kind of my first exposure to that was, you know, I like to say reality hit me like a like a truck, you know what I mean? There was definitely, you know, a moment in that game where I had to buckle up and, you know, kind of man up. <clears throat> excuse me. Kind of man up and uh, realize that, you know, I'm in it now. I got I to gotta do my best. And you guys dropped that game 23-21 to Montana, your first FCS loss of the season. I've asked a, a couple players this. What was it like bouncing back from that game? What was the vibe like after that game? What did Coach Eck and the coaching staff tell you after that game, and, and how did you guys handle that? Um, really, it was it was a big emphasis on focusing internally. Uh, we We decided within ourselves that, we're not going to play into the, you know, the external stuff. Like, you know, we've had two great sellout crowds. We love them having them here, but um, we really just don't need to focus on that. We just need to go out and focus on executing. And so uh, that bye week and the week leading up to this past game, it was just um, a mixture of just pure focus and discipline and, and knowing that we got to do our job and execute. And then you guys are taking on another of the best defenses in the FCS and a really great defensive line as well guys like Sebastian Valdez, Brody Greeby, etc etc for Montana State. You did a, a really great job in that game. What was it like? What was the game plan going up against Montana State this last week and how were you guys able to to be so effective against that great defense? Well, we knew we had to be more physical than we were in the Montana game. That is something that we uh you know kind of had to it was a hard pill to swallow that we kind of got out physical by them. And so uh leading up to it, that was a big emphasis on 
bringing the physicality. And we knew we had to run the ball better. We didn't, you know, necessarily run the ball tremendously, but for that caliber of a game, I think we did it enough to where we could wear them down, especially with the amount of time and possession we had. So we knew going in that we were going to have to do our fair share of, of bringing it to them. And how does that feel as an offensive line to be able to control the ball like that? I mean, so much of that relies on, on you guys holding up, making lanes for the running game. can't quite remember the time of possession stats in that Montana State game, but they were just off the charts for you guys. How do you feel as the game is going on, just as a unit, and you guys are controlling the ball, controlling the clock, accomplishing what you want to accomplish? Um, it felt great. You know, it, it always feels great when the coaches trust us as a unit to uh, put that kind of responsibility on us. And um, we knew that, that within the unit that we had to deliver. You know, we might have let some people down in that Montana game, and we knew that um, a lot of this was going to come down to us. And, I mean, I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, nearly 42 minutes of possession on offense. Um, and, you know, we just went out there and we knew what, we knew what responsibility was placed on us, and we knew we had to live up to those expectations. You have had a lot of young players pressed into duty on that offensive line just because of, of some injuries. What's the vibe like around that unit right now? How are you guys able to, you know, chemistry is such a huge thing for an offensive line because you guys work so closely together. What's the atmosphere been around that unit so far? It's been great. You know, I couldn't have asked for a better unit so far. You know, we got our, our, our senior leadership guys like Nate Azapardi and um, Abe Christensen. Um, you know, and these guys have been leading us tremendously. Other guys like Eli Sanchez, who has, you know, unfortunately gone down to injury, he's been a great role model for me. Um, and he's led young guys like me um, and both of our tackles, Charlie Lame and Aiden Kanapik, um, to really do a great job. And it's it's been a pressing pressing matter to everybody needs to focus and lock in, and everybody has to be ready because, you know, especially at this position, you just never know what's going to happen. It's Leighton Vining, young center for Idaho football, a freshman, in fact, got his first start against Montana State, and the Vandals dominated the ball and the time of possession against the Bobcats in a 24-21 win. Leighton, we'll get you out of here, but you guys back on the road again. You guys had a couple games in the Kibbe Dome around that bye week, but back on the road at Northern Colorado this week. Just what are your keys for, for that game? The main key is execution, um, and that's kind of been you know the main thing throughout the year, but especially in these next three games, really just executing what we can do and doing what we know we can do. And, um, you know, we honestly feel like if we do what we do, then this offense is going to keep on rolling. So it's really been key on uh, just focus, dedication, and, uh, and execution. Hayden Hatton said after the Montana State game that that win puts you guys right back into – the driver's seat for, for everything you wanted. I mean, a Big Sky Conference championship, potentially a top-two seed in the playoffs. Do you feel similarly to that? Uh, I totally do, yes. Um, you know, and that was kind of a thing early in the year uh, before we dropped that Montana game was that, you know, we control our own destiny. And um, to be able to get us back into that spot where we kind of control things and um, we can kind of control what, what happens in the conference and, you know, in playoff seeding going forward, it's a much better feeling than having to rely on other teams. So knowing that it's in our control has definitely helped. Well, there you go. It's Leighton Vining, young offensive lineman from Arizona, who's now at the center of that offensive line for Idaho as the Idaho Vandals got a 24-21 win 
over Montana State on the weekend to get right back on track. That was Leighton's first start at center for Idaho. Leighton, man, I really enjoyed this time with you. Thanks for taking the time. Good luck this week against Northern Colorado and the rest of the season, but uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.